One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Cover 2 TV. Uh, well, our weekend is in the bag and I'm joined by Jeno to discuss the four games and preview the divisional players and not only that, we're going to talk NFL coaching hires as well. Uh, so we'll get into it. We'll start with uh, one of the best performances from, from Wildcard Weekend, actually, Geno. I mean, the Colts beat the Texans 21-7. to um, They looked really impressive, didn't they? Yeah, um, we've, the Colts have been on a 10-1 run going into the playoffs. And they just carried that on. And they just ran all over the Texans, which is not something we really associated with the Colts. We've always... The Colts we've seen recently under the Andrew look at it has just been a pass heavy team. Mm-hmm. But Mac went off on the Texans and then that old line held up and stopped the Texans pass rush. I think the difference was the Texans couldn't run the ball at all. Yeah, they they couldn't, could they? And and listen, Indianapolis defence was was superb and, and the way that they managed to stop that dual threat quarterback, you know, he's he just he wasn't really an issue to show Watson, you know what I mean? And um I was really impressed with Mac. He had 148 yards on, I think it was 23 carries. So good, and Frank Reich's play calling is exceptional. I mean, that O-line, though, that you mentioned, didn't give up a sack. Didn't give up a sack, whereas the Texans were sacked three times during the ball game and stuff. But really, a mightily impressive performance to go into Houston and to be able to do that to the Texans in their own backyard. Yeah, um, I think... The players were open all over the place. I mean, T.Y. Hilton went off, which was quite funny because he was having a little bit of um, banter, social media banter with the Texans. Social media banter? Never mind social media. He was in the stadium banter. Well, yeah, it, well, it carried on to the stadium. And, you know, that didn't work out well for the Texans. They almost made a point of it, didn't they? You know, that first couple of drives, I think, I'm right in saying they scored on three of the first four possessions. Um and they made a point, certainly the first two possessions, as I remember back, of just getting T.Y. Hilton the ball. And it was almost like, shut up, here he is, this is what you, well, this is what we're going to do, can you stop it? And that opened up the run game yeah. massively, because then they had to think about T.Y. Hilton all the time. But Mac just ran inside on them, you know, you're not expecting to see the Texans give up so many rushing yards. I think they had, as a team, just over 200 rushing yards on, on the on the Texans all day. You know, what wasn't really a factor, and yeah, mightily, mightily impressive. And, you know, we'll come on to it a little bit later when we get into the previews and stuff, but they're going to be a tough team to beat this season now, the Colts, I think, and, you know... Um, when you look at it, the way that the Colts' defence held up against the Texans as well, really impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think the Texans, I think we've mentioned this, they're not built to come from behind. True. They're, 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 you start winning and then they grind you out 
and he just rely on some big plays by Deshaun Watson. They're not a consistent offense, and obviously Lamar Mills played a lot better earlier in the season when they were on their own like ten win streak or whatever it was. So they're not built. So when the Colts blew them out early, the game was over at halftime because yeah. there's never there was never a point where you ever felt this Texans team has the ability to come from behind. And that's, I think, a problem with a lot of these run-first quarterbacks. I think when we look at it, I don't think any of them really have that ability to come back from behind. And I think you're right. I, I think, you know, seven points, yes, ten points, maybe. When you start getting into 14s and 21s, that then becomes difficult because you've got to put it on their arm. And they're not good enough on their arm, quite frankly. There's a, there's a handful of elite quarterbacks in this league and they're elite for a reason. They're, they're the ones who can come from the line. They're the ones who can drive a team down, who can control the clock, who can use the clock to their advantage or or, or minimise the impact of the clock when they are on the ball and stuff. And Andrew Luck's one of those quarterbacks as well, actually, isn't he? I mean, he was... He was so good on the day, like so calm, so composed. He had time in the pocket to be able to pick a, pick his uh, pick his players out and stuff. Yeah, absolutely scintillating performance from the Colts, and I think a lot of people now will be uh, really, really worried about the Colts moving forwards. Uh, okay, we'll move a little bit on to the Seahawks Cowboys. What did you make of this one? Um, you, did the Seahawks realize they got Russell Wilson? Did, they didn't. Did, did they someone didn't tell them nope. that they got any idea? Because I know, right? So. The Cowboys are a better version of what the Seahawks are. They've got a better defence and a better run game than the Seahawks because Ezekiel Elliott is better than Carson. So that means usually you've got a better running back, you've got a better run game, even if the stats don't show it. It's usually because people are zoning in on your run game and leaving their pass option open. But the reason why I felt going into this, the Seahawks would win, is because I thought they'd have the ability to put points up in packages by letting Russell Wilson just go off for a bit. They just never did that. It was like they were holding them back, holding them back, holding them back until the game was over. And I just didn't understand why. No, it was mental to me. I think, you know, Carson has 20 yards on 13 carries or something like that. Was, I think it was like 20 touches and, and about 50, uh, I don't know, 25, 30 yards, something like that. You looked at it and you thought, what about your other running backs, mate? You know, it wasn't until like the third quarter where we saw a little bit of Rashad Penny. You know, we're trying to, you're trying to run inside on this Cowboys defence, a stout defence, a very good defence. And it was they were having none of it, and yet we saw on early downs Chris Carson, Chris Carson, Chris Carson, and the one or two times that Russell Wilson did pass on first down and second down, they had plays, they had big chunk plays, and sometimes the Seahawks offense, I, I think anyway, it's not one of those offenses, and there's quite a few of these around the NFL now where they're going to get yards every drive. They might go three or four possessions sometimes without getting a bean, you know what I mean, yeah. and just three and outs and. That isn't good enough when you're getting in there. I know the Seahawks defense is good and stuff like that, but you know that Cowboys offense was having fun with the Seahawks defense at times. Yeah, um, I don't know how Brian Schottenheimer keeps having jobs. He's always got one of the worst offenses in the league every year, ranked somewhere around the twentieth offense. Yet people keep giving him jobs when they believe in their defense. They're like, we'll just keep him. Cause he just it's probably because he's a bit of a yes man. That maybe, was that was Pete Carroll maybe, football we saw then. Maybe he just like he just kept running on first down, second down. We'll throw on third and long, and that and, was and, it. and they were Every poor time. on third. Like it wasn't even like they go like first down. We'd run, run, play action first down. It was just run, run constantly. And I understand that's how they built the team. And I understand this isn't the most talented Seahawks team we've seen. We didn't think they'd be this. We didn't even think we'd, they'd make the playoffs a few weeks ago. And he went on a run so. I understand that I never ever felt they were a Super Bowl contender, but I think at some point you got Russell Wilson, let him throw it. You've got to, and on those early downs as well. I mean, 
just play action it. Yeah. Give him, put the ball in his hand. He's your star player. He's the guy who's better than the equivalent on their side. Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Put it in his hands. Ask him to create something. You've got Tyler Lockett there. You've got Doug Baldwin. Both on fire over the last five or six weeks as well. And not often enough were we able to see them engineer space for those wide receivers and stuff. And it, it was baffling to me. And another thing that came out of this game is, I hate these new onside kick rules. You know, it's all, I don't, listen, I, I didn't notice it as much in the regular season. But fuck me, you're taking some of the fun out of this game here. You know what I mean? Some of the best things that we've ever seen. Think about that Super Bowl that the Saints win. Doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? You Because, what were they saying on commentary? Uh, it's gone down from like, is it, I forget the, the exact figures. It was like close to 20% completion to close to 8% completion or something. Does Sean Payton attempt that in the Super Bowl? On know. that type of a completion rate? Probably know. not. Statistically, you'd think not. You'd think not. Um, I, there was a terrible attempt at an onside kick. Oh, the D- Dixon one. Yeah, I don't know what Fucking he was the doing. The drop ball. Yeah. I, I understand it, but... Like, don't don't kick it to the lad with hands. No, don't... If you want to kick it, you need to kick it high in the air and let it hang. It's yeah. also you got to do it like a punt, but just straight up. Let that hang so that everyone can converse. Right? And then you've got a chance, then you can have a jump ball opportunity. But you boost it to the guy 20 yards away. Straight to him. It was Easy. awful. Easy awful. as you like. I know it's a difficult skill, the onside kick, you know what I mean? You try to boot it so you can get it, but that was that was a that was one of the worst attempts since the guy tried to um go from behind his own foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that that rules it really is you know, you, you you won't feel it as much in the regular season because not as much hangs on the ba- on the yeah. balance of these games. But when you're getting into playoff football, I think this could be a real downer for the NFL this season, is that Basically, what you're saying to me is, if you're two scores down in the fourth quarter, you you haven't really got a chance unless your defense holds. Yeah. Because you know we, you, there was times gone by where you'd attempt it and you'd win one in ten, and that's fine. Or you know, two in ten, one in five. Now, nah, I'm not into it. Change the rule back, and I get player safety and all that type of stuff. I really do like. But I'll ask you this question, and maybe someone will have the answers to this. Any players really got injured on that play? I don't know, but I know that on kick and plays in general, it's the most injury. It is the. Um, but you're running at full pelts, and you know I understand that on like kickoffs yeah. and punts and all that type of stuff. It's just a fucking onside kick, man. How fast yeah. can you get up to? The thing is, though, for it to, you can't change it because it is the kickoffs that cause all the mayhem, and you only get an onside kick what in like maybe one percent or maybe it, or may, something. Yeah. So it just it doesn't. You can't solve one problem without changing the other, if that makes sense. The truth is, I think the NFL wants to get rid of kick kickoffs yeah. altogether. Yeah. And I think we're looking 10 years, and I think they won't be a thing anymore. I think people just get it at their own 15, and it's, go on. That'd be shit, because you lose so much. Like, even just think of, like, momentum swings. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that 40, 50-yard run back, massively changes the offence that goes out onto the field. They come out there, they're full of juice, they're ready to go, they've got a little bit of confidence. I actually think it'll probably probably weight it slightly more to the elite quarterbacks. Yeah. Because just... is Russell Wilson going to lead a fucking 85-yard drive or is Deshaun Watson going to lead an 85-yard drive? No, but your Rodgers and your Brady's can and will and always have done. Yeah. 
Well, the only other thing I think is, I think with kickoffs, you're better off kicking it to the actual guy who wants to return it. If he wants to return it, that gives you the option to then cause a fumble. Hmm. Whereas, obviously, don't get me wrong, this game, that wasn't a thing because they're just going to catch it and go down because the game was over if they did that. But I always just think sometimes, rather than go for the onside kick or something, just boot it to them and give yourself an opportunity to make a play in special teams. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll move on then. Uh, Chargers, Ravens, 23 to Chargers, 17 to the Ravens. I thought this was massively impressive by the Chargers. I know you've been banging this drum for three years now, give well, or take. Realistically, I only started properly banging it this season. I had three years I said they were going to playoffs, but this was the first season I said, no, they were actually go to the Super Bowl. That's that's because they started to win a few games, though, you know. It's, Every year you'd have said exactly the same. I'm damn sure. I, I, no, what's more, I have a blind spot with the Chiefs. I never realised how good the Chiefs are going to be until the season gets here. But with the Chargers, I mean, I said it when they played, I watched them play the Patriots last year, and the Patriots won by kicking field goals because the Chargers can't, but the defence completely nullified the Patriots. And I was like, that's a good defence. And then the, the run game's just improved. It wasn't much of a factor this week, but the fact that the run game's improved, the fact that they got two Williams wide receivers and Keenan Allen's actually healthy, it just looked ready to go. And their defensive scheme for this mm-hmm. was incredible. Ah, all just, the DBs. Just all the DBs, we're just going to be faster than you. We can't out-bully you. You're too big, you're too strong. But we can get to the edge quicker. And we can stop those big plays by just getting to the edge quicker and then gang-tackling and then... Yeah, I mean, that is a hell of a game plan by Gus Bradley there, isn't it? You, you've got to look at it and say, nobody, nobody's ever done that before. They get big, they get strong, get the big guys in, and you're playing seven defensive backs on every single play, pretty much. And, I mean, it was incredible, like, absolutely superb scheming from him. Um, and, and then, you know what? The way that they were able to get pressure as well, they sacked, they sacked him seven times. Seven times. So it's even more worrying about that. The way they were getting pressure was they were sending your outside defensive ends inside. They were rotating Ingram and Bosa to the inside defensive tackle position because they'd be picking on the left guard of the um, Ravens and they just going, right, pressure him. And then we always find, again, a problem with the running quarterback is they'll hold the ball too long. We know how um, raw Lamar Jackson is. He's not seeing... He's, he's, He's a rookie. Yeah. He doesn't know. He's not going to see pressure like other people see pressure. It, it, he hasn't seen it over and over again. He hasn't got that... Um, muscle memory. Me, muscle memory, yeah. He hasn't got that, so he's just used to running around like wild and throwing mad throws and going on mad ones. So he, he's not seeing the pressure coming quick enough, so then he's able to get sacked. And it's got to have been... It was a problem going into the game, but him losing the football, I mean, pathetic. To be honest with you, how how he holds the ball when he's about to get tackled, but he's not. The reason is he's not thinking that he's going to get tackled. He's not thinking that an arm's going to come in because these fellas are bigger, stronger, and faster in this league than in college, yeah. and he's not used to that, is he? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the nonsense you hear, like when those bad Browns teams today go, "Oh, what what was happening if Alabama played them?" It's like the Cleveland Browns would win eighty nil. Yeah, that's what would happen because most of the people in college do not make it to the next level. That is. If for them, and that's Division One players, and that's how different the standard is. Um, I think I tweeted this out. I think for Lamar Jackson, he might be one of the rare exceptions where you need to look at how many fumbles he's got rather than interceptions, because there's still turnovers. Uh, well, fumbles that are turned over, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's still turnovers, and it, the ball can get easily knocked out of his hand, and that's what we end up seeing. I mean, 
at the end of the game when obviously they were calling for Joe Flacco and then they kept him in, he starts making a few plays, but the game ended with him fumbling it. And I felt that's how it should have ended. I felt like that was It almost started like it almost yeah, bookended it, the game. Yeah, didn't it? it started with him fumbling it and it ended with him with him fumbling it. I thought that was a good way of like that's how the game went. Yeah, no, I think he summed that up perfectly. Like, oh well let's talk a little bit about the Joe Flacco stuff actually. Um Obviously, the 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 media, the the pundits, the the commentators started to you know ramp the pressure up on the on the Ravens as it were, and started talking about Joe Flacco, and then we saw him with his helmet on and all that type of stuff. I think like, the fans in the stadium wanted Joe Flacco at that moment. Uh, yeah, I can I can understand why. I mean, much like the Seahawks game. Now I know I know Lamar Jackson does come back in this game and start to uh, you know get some points on the board. I didn't really feel like they were ever in with a shot of winning the game, to be perfectly honest with you. But, you know, that Chargers D did start to sit off a little bit deeper, realised that they were playing the clock as much as they were playing the Ravens at this point. Um, so I I think they gave them a few cheap yards, to be honest with you. I would have, a lot earlier, looked at that and gone, yeah, we need to put Flacco in here. And, and listen, Flacco's not been great for five or six years. In fact, he's been shit for a few years now. But... The run that they the charges had planned for what they saw and had dealt with it, and like I said about the Seahawks before, and like you said, they should have got away from the running game, even though it's the one that got them there. It's ultimately the run games what got them shut out of the playoffs, and in this game, Lamar Jackson got them out of the playoffs. Yeah, but I understand why they didn't turn to Joe. So same here because you didn't make the play. Joe Flacco wasn't making you the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Joe Flacco's not there next year. They pretty much said that. They said Joe Flacco's going to have a lot of suitors. That means that they're letting him go and they're not paying him. Um, so it made no sense because what? even if Joe Flacco came back and won the game, what do you do next week? Lamar Jackson back in. Do you put Lamar Jackson? Well, I yeah. think it just it creates almost... It'll divide your team. And that's that's what you don't want. You want don't want your team. Do you know team. what divides your team, you know? Losing that in the playoffs. Right? Something else. To, but the only reason why I think... There's two, there's two sides to this. Joe Flacco would have helped in that game because they would have to change their game plan and they would have had to actually defend wide receivers. They didn't, the Chargers didn't have to worry about wide receivers while Lamar Jackson was throwing the ball. They put everyone in the box. And that's where it changes schematically because Joe Flacco can throw a lovely deep ball and can, is just a better thrower outside the numbers than Lamar Jackson. But I think for the franchise, and looking at it that way, I think it makes more sense. You're running with Lamar Jackson. Just stick with them. I listen. I I can honestly see it from both sides, and I, I could I could argue both sides as well. To be honest with you, I, you know, I could sit here and tell you that the reason that you want to keep Lamar Jackson is because he's going to be a quarterback next season. You don't want to dent his confidence. Yada yada yada. Get through the game, win the game, see what it is. Don't your this season shouldn't be defined by next season. This season should define itself. Yesterday's business is yesterday's business. Forget about it. Don't spend time worrying about that. Get through the game, then decide what you're going to do going moving forward. And I think you do go with Lamar Jackson. You can see whether another side can deal with you in the same way that the Chargers did. Now, the worry is, yes, they do. Maybe they have been worked out, but that's fucked for next season anyway, if they have. You know what I mean? I, I genuinely would have put him in. Maybe not in every snap. Maybe I would have just put him in the ones where, you know what, I don't care. They're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get the ball to the wide receivers here. Get the ball to him. Try and win the game before it's too late. Yeah, but the only thing is, in your head, that's if Joe Flacco comes in and wins the game. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. If Joe Flacco comes in and loses the game anyway, you've tried then, everything. Then you've tried. Well, you've tried everything. But then your team's kind of at a loss of 
who should be the actual quarterback. Because let's say Joe Flacco has the same similar comeback to what Lamar Jackson ends up having, but lost. Then the talk is, well, what if Joe Flacco plays all game? What if we keep Joe Flacco? Is Lamar Jackson actually good enough? So there's, there's a lot of outcomes you have to... And this one all went through John Harbour's head. And he would have thought about it and he just went, no, let's give the kids a chance and see what he can do. And he almost come back. I, I think, I genuinely think Harbour has gone with the path of least resistance there. Because it is the easier option to just keep him in there. I think, you know, he, he's coming through the end of his time potentially at the Baltimore Ravens. It's obviously not going to be this season. He's going to be back next season. He's made his life easier for this season coming up with his quarterback and I think he's made it a lot easier and he, and he, he probably has settled the media exactly like you say I just think that it's so difficult to win a Super Bowl you might not be in this position again next year whether you've made that decision rightly or wrongly and that's why I would always play on this season rather than next and if you lose you know what my bad yeah my bad should have, should have given it to young kid but I didn't see anything in three quarters that said he could have won it no but again I I was just stuck with Lamar. At the, don't get wrong, at the time I wanted Joe Fl- I was thinking, you've got to put Joe Flacco in here. Now with hindsight, I'm like... No. I was the other way around, yeah. believe it or not. Uh, now with hindsight, I'm like, what's Joe Flacco really done to tell me that he's going to go in and win that game? Nothing. I, I do think he'd have played better than Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson played terribly. But I think for the long term for your franchise, it makes sense to stick with Lamar Jackson because you were... Putting Joe Flacco in wasn't going to win you the Super Bowl, no. which is what it's about. But riding Lamar Jackson just might do that because we saw it happen. Well, we saw um, the his brother get to the Super Bowl by riding Colin Kaepernick until everyone figured out he couldn't throw. Yeah. No, yeah, and listen, ultimately there's no right answer. It's actually good that we both had different opinions. Um, so let's move it on then. Let's talk about Double Doink. Chicago Bears losing to the Philadelphia Eagles has got to be the moment of my weekend, to be honest with you. I mean, I know everyone felt terribly, terribly for the Bears. I wasn't one of those people. I was laughing my fucking head off. Stayed up, couldn't wait for it, saw it, gutted. No, no way. He's not going to do it, though. He's not going to do it. He's going to miss this. I used to kick it. Double doink later. I'm celebrating in my boxer shorts and my... um, Jess and Gan in the living room. Fuck you, Bears. Fuck you very much. Yeah, I just... See, my problem with this is, again, the kicker always gets blamed. And it's like... The kicker gets, like, three plays a game to make. You know, the lads have got the rest of the other 60 minutes. They've got time and time again to make plays, to not get burned. To, you know, score more than 15 points. Yeah, because the kicker misses at the end. Well, why, why let the kicker take a kick? Why not even try and go for the end zone? The Bears never actually put one attempt in the end zone. You've got Alan Robinson, who was probably the best player on the field in that game, I felt. I've always, I've always been a big fan of him. I just think he's been unlucky to have Blake Bowles as a quarterback. And now Mitch Trubisky, who might one day be good, but he's not. To be fair to Mitch Trubisky in this game, he does look really good in the pocket. He, 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 he looked much better in the pocket. You know, after he got injured, he was better. Yeah, I think the fourth quarter, he made some very nice throws, but I don't think he was good for the first half. So, I, but just have a, have a shot. He's, you know what I mean? The guy's a very good jump ball specialist. At least take one attempt at the end zone. It's this playing... I was surprised seeing Matt Nagy playing so conservatively. I didn't think that was in him. I think playing to just go, we'll just kick it and we'll win. It's like, well, not really. They should have, 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 have They you, still should have won. Have you not seen how many kicks have been missed this season? And then... I've, 
I was surprised that the Eagles player who made the play to block it didn't run around and tell, make sure everyone, everyone knew, knew about it. Because, I mean, we've all played footy and you make a great save. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm uh, and then, no, And then you claim you didn't save it so you get a goal kick. <laughs> And then the minute you get the goal kick, you start going, yeah, I saved that. Totally <laughs> <laughs> true, like. Which, But that doesn't even make sense, though. I don't get why, like, his blocking it. He, I know his response was, I thought it was going in anyway, so I didn't want to tell you when I got my hand to it. But it didn't, mate. It bounced off the bar twice. Yeah. You run round, you start kissing your hands, you wave to the crowd, yeah. do a Queen's wave, do whatever you want. You take all that glory. Yeah, I would have been. I'd have been I'd have been up in everyone's grid. I'd have been in the commentary booth, climbing up there to tell the world the 250 million people around the world watching the Bears suffer. Yes, I'm a bitter, twisted old man, but I I'm, I was enjoying myself. Um, listen, so, Nick Foles, God. Nick Foles was poor, quite frankly, in that game. He, he wasn't good. You know, he threw two touchdowns, two interceptions. He stepped up when he needed to step up, of course. Um, he will be quite rightly lauded, to be fair, because, you know what, once again, he's managed to pull his team through when he shouldn't have, and fair play to him for that. But I just think there's loving on Nick Foles at the moment, and I was massively into him, and I still am, but I tend to go the opposite of everybody's like feelings, I think, sometimes, is that like he wasn't that good. Yeah, <laughs> so my feeling on Nick Foles is quite funny, because, again... The narrative usually overtakes the truth. I'm big on this, that the narrative usually you know, takes over. Oh, Tom Brady dropped a pass in the Super Bowl, that cost him the game. No, the fact that defence couldn't make a stop to save their lives cost him the game. Um, and narrative takes over. But with Nick Foles, I didn't think he played that well either. But he does move... The difference is, he's moving the offence better than what Carson Wentz does. Yeah, yeah. His skill set seems more suited to the Doug Peterson offence right now, just going on this season, than Carson Wentz. And you see people believe in Nick Foles. Now, if you're the team that goes and pays him and you're not called the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, I don't think that's going to end up well for you. I think it's very... Just this Case Keenum. works for him. Case Keenum style, just not going to work. Yeah. Because Case Keenum was brilliant for us. Yeah, but your offensive line actually played well and you ran the ball. Yeah, true. Wait, when Kirk Cousins come, you just went, ah, oh, well, let's fuck this one. Yeah, we don't need off. an offensive line. Oh, no offensive line. line. And no running the ball. Um, the Golden Tate touchdown was class, quite frankly. Um, did not expect the ball to go to Golden Tate I at forgot all. God, he was on the Eagles. If you were to ask me where Golden Tate plays, I would have still said the Lions. I completely forgot he was there. Um, it was that little look he did inside. Does a little look inside. Looks like he's lost on the play. Defender bites, bang, he's gone. And that's why he's one of the... He's got one of the quickest releases, Golden Tate, in football. And good hands. Yeah, and he's got decent hands, great play, great choice, and the DB was just lost. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, well let's uh, let's start ramping up the preview content then, and let's talk about the Colts at the Chiefs first and foremost. I mean, we've got four big games: Colts, Chiefs, Cowboys, Rams, Chargers, Patriots, and Eagles, Saints. Um, we'll do pick them as we go, Jeno. Um, I got one of four right last week, which was just the Colts. You got two of two, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, I got the AFC right, which is you know that's my wheelhouse, and the NFC wrong. Fair enough. Okay, um, Colts, Chiefs then. Um, let's start it off. Uh, who do you think is going to win this game first and foremost? I'm going with the Chiefs. I, I I believe in this Chiefs team. I believe that. I know this, they haven't won a home playoff game in ages, but I believe Patrick Mahomes is a different quarterback. I mean, I think he's going to be the MVP you now, which I'm a little bit annoyed about because I wanted to be Drew Brees. But I, I, I overall think it was Mahomes was the MVP, and I just believe in this offense. I believe he's going to be able to actually score on the Colts. They've got too many weapons, I think. Yeah, I mean, I struggle with this one. But, I mean, I was so impressed with the Colts that I thought, you know what, these could match up pretty well to the Chiefs, actually. Um, they're, they're, they're a more well-rounded side, I think, I think. And I have just edged it to the Chiefs, and, and that's mainly because... They're playing at home, to be honest with you. It was that fine margin for me. It's that, you know, everybody knows that the, the Chiefs stadium is so friggin' loud and they're going to be so up for it. And because of Patrick Mahomes and because of Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and all those players, I just think they get out to an early lead and I'm not. I'm just not sure the Colts can come back from that. I mean, there is precedent for the Andy Colton. Was, was he 30 points down against the Chiefs or something like that and come back and won? But that was Alex Smith. Yeah. I don't think it was 30, I think I'm exaggerating it. But that was Alex Smith. That's not Patrick Mahomes. That's not the guy who's looking like he's going to be one of the greats. Um, so, But this is another way. I wouldn't be shocked if the Colts went in and won. No. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. In fact, I half want that to happen. Because as a Patriots fan, I'd rather play the Colts than the Chiefs. I think the Colts would murder you. Uh, I think the Colts would murder you. And I know you've had their number for so not many that, years. We beat them this season. So? We also beat the Chiefs this season. We actually beat every team we went to playoffs this season. Every team, really? Sorry, every team we faced who went to playoffs, we beat them all. Wow, that's <laughs> incredible. No one, yeah, no one's picked up on it, but we beat the Colts, the Texans, the Chiefs, and the Bears. Wow, I don't know, didn't know that <laughs> at all. Like, yeah. Um, I, but I think the I think the Colts. Are, I think you'd have an easier game against the Chiefs for some reason, you know. But I've been I wrong th- in the past, and yeah. I'll be wrong again. Um, I think with the Chiefs, it's their quick possession scores. If you can get the if they can get Matt going the Colts, then you can do what the Patriots did to the Chiefs, and it's keep them off the field, go on long drives to match their quick sure. fire scores, and at the end, you'll find yourself being able to score at will on them because the defense will get blown up. Yeah. So I think that's the problem that the Chiefs' offense is almost so explosive. Doesn't it's counterproductive for the defense because the defense doesn't get off the field. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well, let's move on to the Cowboys Rams. Um, who have you? Uh, well, I'll go first in this one, and I've picked the Rams. But again, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as cut and dry as a Rams victory here because, again, that col- that Cowboys defense is incredibly good. Like you know, um, but I, I think the Rams win by a score. I mean, I've got the Rams, but I've been picking against the Cowboys all year, and it's not working out for me. Yeah. Um, I think though Zach Prescott at home versus away from home 
it's a different level quarterback. His QB rating at home's like I think 106, and away from home it's like 80 something. Wow. So he's not the same player. And I think again, if the Ram, if Sean McVay can cook something up early and get an early lead, I don't see how the Cowboys can win this. But if the Cowboys can get going, then it rests on Zeke for me. And, you know, we saw a couple of weeks ago when the Rams were going through a little bit of a sticky patch, running and taking out their pass rush is the, is the only real option for attacking them. Yeah. Zeke can do that. Yeah, well, I think it, it... I wouldn't say it rests on Zeke. I think it rests on Donald and Sue and their commitment to plug the gaps yeah. and not rush the quarterback. Okay. I mentioned this a few weeks on the show that I had a feeling that the reason why you can run on the Rams is because they don't commit to stopping the gaps. They just they, they go straight for the quarterback, and that's not usually what defensive tackles or traditionally are for. And I think as as listening to Maurice Jones doing, he's talking about people collect stats in the regular season because that's what matters for business purposes. Now you're in the playoffs. Now that's when bump, um, son of bum needs to go through them. Listen, it's all about gap discipline now. Stop them running the ball. Stop them running and stop and um, stop Dak Prescott running and you'll suffocate this offence. And if you do that, you'll win the game. But if they keep trying to cheat and just go for Dak Prescott and go to Dak Prescott, then I can see Ezekiel area having a big day. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with all that. Like, I completely agree with that. Uh, so we'll move on then. Um, this, Chargers, Patriots, Jeno. When are you going with this one? Well, I've been on the Chargers bandwagon all season, but I never pick against the Patriots. I never will pick against the Patriots. I don't believe in picking against your own team. So fuck it, we're going to find a way. And if the Patriots are to win this game, what do they have to do? Um, somehow don't say st- score more points. No, I said somehow they need to stop Bosa and Ingram teeing off on Brady. They need Sony Michelle to have a day and James White to have a day. Now, I don't know how that's going to work because without Josh Gordon stretching the field, we've got no one on the outside who scares you. So it's going to be a... Pages need to win by having better special teams and better field position and running the ball and just choking up the charges. It's going to be snowing, I think. That could be helpful. I think the weather could play that factor. Wow. I think it's affecting both the the charges' flight and I think it's going to affect the game. That's interesting because I had this as the only away win on my pick'em. And I didn't know anything about the weather for that. Now, if the that that could change things massively. I mean, weather can change massively. It might not even. Of course, be of course, you. like, but Chargers have got a, a fucking strong run game. To be honest with you, you know, I don't really rate Echler, if I'm perfectly honest. But I think the, I think the third I, running back he, better. He's a, he's a he's a fine change of pace. But unless it's Melvin Gordon running every down, then Echler. If you, if you try and give it to Echler to make it his. Run game, then I think they'll come on stuff. Yeah, I mean, Gordon's the one that, that, that if he gets going, this offense gets going because it starts to open up the pass game for Phil Rivers and stuff. And Phil Rivers has got weapons there at the Chargers yeah. now. Yeah, he has. And I think the Patriots cornerbacks aren't that bad. Our secondary is okay. I'm fine with it. But the fact that we can't rush the passer, we've got absolutely no pass rush. And we're not very good against the run either. We're, we're average against the run. It's just not. This is not a great Patriots team. No, it's not. We've, it's we've, a fucking we've, average side. We've, we've we've all seen it. They're just they're a playoff team. That's what they are. They're a good playoff team, but they're not one of the fantastic Patriots team we've seen. Especially they got a mediocre offense and a mediocre defense. 
Now that's always good enough to get you to the playoffs because that's all the Seahawks had. That's that usually will get you to the playoffs. But I mean, I said it in the preseason. I didn't think the Patriots would win the Super Bowl. So I'm not hedging my bets here, but I'm not going to be massively shocked if the Patriots lose. What what, what do you reckon of the? We've obviously seen the full season stats now for Brady and stuff, and you know, uh, what is it? Next gen stats is the NFL's own one, yeah. isn't it? And they've done a lot around how his pass completions a lot shorter and his pass attempts shorter than a lot of quarterbacks around the league. Have you looked into all this and had a, had a read of well, it? Well, I, I, can, I can simply answer you why. Wide receivers lack of. Yeah. Who, who's running further than 10 yards anyway? Who can actually get open further than 10 yards? Because Chris Hogan has disappeared. I don't, I don't know where he is. Um, Julian Edelman, again, 31, coming off that injury. We saw this coming. He's got his quickness has gone, and he was never a down the field threat anyway. And then Phil Dorsett's been a waste of time. Like Cordell Patterson's not really a wide receiver; he's a hybrid, which never quite worked out. So there's just outside of Josh Gordon, he had no one to throw it down the field to anyway. Oh, and Rob Gronkowski can't move. Mm. It's very much like in 2013, people were like, oh, Brady's terrible, Brady's done. And I was like, he's thrown to Adam Dobson, Kenzel Tompkins, and Josh Boyce. Name me where any of them three are now. I don't think any of them are in the league. I'm pretty confident. Dobson was probably the last one in the league, was he? I'm pretty confident one, one of them might be in the Canadian Football League and the other two aren't anywhere because they weren't good enough. And that's what happens in QB. And then Brady looks scared to take hits. He looks... There's, there was a difference between old Brady where... He'd go down. He'd go down, protect Live himself. Live to fight another day. Yeah. Whereas now he looks genuinely terrified to take hits because he just... I think it's because he doesn't believe his wide receivers are ever going to get open. I think he's not willing to... He's got his internal clock, and once that's gone, he's like, these aren't lads aren't getting open. There's no point. So he looks scared. It's, it's not a good Patriots team. No, it's not. It's, it's really not. And I'm surprised he got as many wins on the season as he did, to be honest with you. I'm not, because think about it as well. We should have beat the Dolphins. Mm. There was a couple of games. I mean, we got beat by the Titans because that's Patriots South, and we got beat by the Lions because... Matt Patricia had the ability to put a game plan together to beat Josh McDaniels because he's worked with him for five years. I think talent-wise, you're a 9-17. Two games? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just They are what they are. and I'm, I'm hoping that they're just going to game plan. And out Do you want to see Brady game. back next season? Yeah, I, there's no other option. Because we're still going to have like a late 20th pick, like in the late 20s. You don't get that quarterback's not usually there on that pick. That pick is usually the guy who turns out to be. Do you think Belichick has to do something? Do you think he has to move up? Do you think he has to trade? What What, what do you think? I, I, I don't know the answer. I don't watch enough college football to know who's the guy coming in. I don't study college football quarterbacks until I've heard all the hype and I'm trying to figure out who's going to be the guy to be the guy. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, they found Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. Mm. Maybe they've got to take another second round swing on someone. Interesting stuff. Okay, we'll move on then. Uh, Eagles, Saints. Uh, this is the one where I think uh, is a blowout, quite frankly. I think the Saints absolutely slaughter the Eagles in this game. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I, I can't see the Eagles. Again, keep picking against the Eagles. We did it all last season and he won the Super Bowl. But I just think the Saints are a much better team. I think don't say the Eagles got lucky, but they weren't impressive to me against the Bears. 
Whereas the Saints have a lot more weapons than the Bears, have a Hall of Fame quarterback, and a very good defense. I can't see anything but the Saints win, even though they haven't been playing as well late in the season. I think I think what we're looking at, and I, I said this last week, I think the player of the season, uh, player of the playoffs, will be Ingram. You know, Mark Ingram. I think he, I think he's going to go off. I think the, all the scheming will be done for Kamara, and he'll just surprise us. I think Sean Payton's going to go into this game having had a week off with about thirty fucking nuts plays. Absolutely mental nuts plays. I think we're going to see... Uh, what's the name of the other quarterback? Uh, Hill. Hill. I think we're going to see him throw the ball again. Um, I think we're going to see him run the ball a lot. And I think he's got this list of 30 mad plays, and I say that he uses three of them. Yeah. And that's it. And he saves the rest for the next game. And I just don't... Th- and, and I think if they start to struggle, you'll see these magic plays starting to come out, but he won't, he won't give them away for nothing. He'll save them like the Philly Sessler was saved for three or four weeks. You know what I mean? And I, I just think he's, I think he's too good a schemer to get have a week off. He'll have been sat up late every night with Pornhub on one telly, drawing fucking mad plays on the other. Maybe not Pornhub. I don't know what he watches. America. And I, I, I think he just watches his own plays and watches. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's watching that on side kicking the Super Bowl. Make the catch. Yeah. Shout, <laughs> shout, shout, shout. Just watches them. But no, I, I, again, the Super Bowl, the Superdome is an excellent home field advantage. Um, you, you take the elements out of it that suits them. The, the car. I'm um, sorry. The Eagles. I'm just not sure what they are. I'm, I'm not sure what's, what's this. They've got a decent defense. Mm-hmm. But what's their? We've seen how um their defense has got that Maddox got picked on by Robinson. What's Thomas going to do to him? Because yeah. Thomas is better than Robinson, so what's he going to do to him? Yeah, he's gonna. they're going to maul them. They're going to absolutely maul them then. Okay, so there's our, uh, there's our predictions for the divisional playoffs. Let's get into some of the um, coach hirings and stuff like that around the league. Um, I think I was the only one to say that Josh McDaniels wouldn't leave the Patriots this season. Yeah. And everybody thought he would be going to the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers have hired the next Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur from the Tennessee Titans. I'm, I'd love to have spoken to Steve this week about this, but what do you make of it? Um, my mum's maiden name's McVay, and I've got a dog called Sean, so I'm the next Browns coach. <laughs> <laughs> None of that's true. No. Um, but yeah, it just it seemed bizarre to me because the Tennessee Titans didn't have a great offence. No. They had the, as you put it down here, they had the 25th ranked offence. But LaFleur seemed to be this big candidate that everyone wanted, and I was like, well, I, I didn't understand Because why. he was the offensive coordinator for the 2017 Rams. Yeah. When Jared Goff had this bounce back here, and Sean McVay was in the league, and they were top point scorers. I can understand that. But, my words, this is a big gamble from the Packers yeah. when I thought they wanted the sure thing. And especially with Aaron Rodgers, he's not the easiest person to get along with. He's not exactly a guy who wants to listen to you. He likes to do his own thing anyway. So that's going to be interesting whether LaFour and Rogers the dynamic. Maybe he come in and he actually spoke to him and went, oh no, you're perfect with Rogers. You still get on. Maybe you're two very intelligent guys and you'll have the simple sense of humour. Maybe that'll work. But it's a big gamble from the Packers and it wasn't the one I, th- I didn't see it coming. I Again, I thought they were going to hire Josh McDaniels. I believed that all along. So we're going to see, but it is what you said. It's a gamble on a guy who's unproven and he's pretty much got the job on the back of Sean McVay. Yeah. 
He wants new him. That's where it comes from. Like, and it's in the scramble around the league for that type of stuff. I, I kind of, I, I do kind of understand it and stuff. But I just think, I think Rogers' window is getting smaller and smaller. I mean, he wasn't good this season, and the injuries are starting. That's two seasons now. It's, it's not even two. It's, I, I don't know how many, but it seems for, for me, it feels like it's like four to the last five. It's something. It's a lot of repeated injuries where he's missing a lot of time. I think I mentioned this to Steve the other week. His window's going to be a lot smaller because he, he likes to run a lot. Mm. And once he can stop doing it, I mean, it's not that he's not fine in the pocket. It's just he doesn't want to stay in the pocket. He's always wanted to run, extend plays and make extra yeah, plays. Yeah, those wide receivers are so well-versed in six, seven seconds to, yeah. to get open and, and find some space. And, you know, that's what the Green Bay Packers wide receivers have been doing for a few years now and they're brilliant at it because nobody can cover a guy for six or seven seconds. No cornerback in the yeah, league. Not can. without holding. Exactly. And so I just look at that and I think to myself, well, with Rodgers diminishing as I see it window and a gamble, I think that's crazy. I think that's genuine. I Like, g- genuinely, Bruce Arians, he'd have been the guy that if I was in charge of the Packers that I'd maybe have gone for, you well, know, he, and that's random. Like, but. For, for whatever reason, though, he wasn't interested in that job. I mean, we'll speak about it in a minute because of the job he took, but... He wasn't even interested in anything apart from the Browns, though, remember? Yeah, no, that's what no, he and said. And then about a week later, he went, I want to actually I'll take the Bucks job as well. Yeah. But, like, he, he mentioned whether he wanted the Packers job, and he went, no. So I don't know why that is, but I think... Wouldn't he have been just a guy that Rodgers can go, shit, you clearly know more than me. I will listen to you. I, I don't think Rodgers thinks anyone knows more than him. I, that's... I think you need to get Rodgers and Brady in a room. Brady put his hand up with all his fucking rings and go, lad, I know more than you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd like Maybe to. that's the only thing they'll listen to. Maybe I, I, rings I, I, are the only thing well, that, that's he, it. I that think he respects. I, I felt like he'd listen to Josh McDaniels purely because Brady would... Was Brady listened to him. Yeah, if Brady listened to him and won multiple rings... Well, with Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator, we've only won, we won two. Is uh, it only two? I thought it was three, fair enough. No, he was. I think he was there for the others, but he wasn't the coordinator. It was... Um, Charlie Weiss was the offensive coordinator, which is one of the funny things where people go, oh, Tom Brady's in the Brady system. It's like, well, sorry, in the New England system, like, he's had three offensive coordinators, mate. What's the... Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, But it, it's a gamble. I think the idea is, last season, the only defensive head coaches that were hired was Matt Patricia and Steve Wilkes. Mm-hmm. Steve Wilkes gone. Yeah. Matt Patricia, he's already on a hot seat. seat. He's on a hot... He's on a very, very hot seat. He's a contender. If you go on the bookies, like we probably still already has got this bet on for Matt Patricia to be the first coach sack next season because it it looks that way. So I understand the hire the hot young offensive coordinator, and I don't like to make hot takes on hirings because you just don't know how they're going to go. Yeah, I mean, going into the season, who thinks Frank Reich can turn the culture on in the manner in which that he did after what happened with Josh McDaniels yeah. and stuff? Every, no, nobody's predicting that that's going to end up in a playoff run. Not after the fit. Did he go? One and three, the first few games or something like that. I, th- I think it was like, I think it was a f- own four or maybe four and what it was something, but anyway, they got beat a lot. <laughs> so no one's predicting that. So you're right, no, nobody can do it. Okay, we'll move on then. Let's let, let you know what. Let's go to the Tampa Bay Bucks then. Uh, hired Bruce Arians as the head coach. Uh, it looks like it looks like it's going to be Jameis Winston at the quarterback position for him. I He's just all risk it. It's what he will risk it. I just. I don't see that Arians takes the job if he's told that he has to run with Winston. I, I, he's a 66-year-old fella. I know he's got a four-year contract, like, but 
you're wasting the first year of your contract on fucking Winston. <laughs> I, I was surprised that he took this job. I was surprised he wanted this job. This was one of the ones we had ranked lowest because James Winston's not very good. He, but then at the same time, Bruce Arians has a you know we all know it's the risk it no biscuit offense. Um, who somebody risks it a lot is James Winston. He will throw it up, and their offense last season was good. Ish. It was just the other bad quarterback and a terrible defense. Bad couple of quarterbacks. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they have, one of them was good for three games. Everyone buys in. It's like, lads, this is still Fitzpatrick. Still right. I mean, ride the Fitzmagic train, but realise... You've got to get off. This is Fitzpatrick. quick. Like, <laughs> it doesn't last forever. <laughs> they want the teams who've paid them because... Three good they, games. They, they think it's going to last, yeah. Anyway, but like... I think there's more talent on the team than Dirk Carter would let you know because he, I think he was a terrible head coach. Um, but I was just surprised at this one he went for. It seemed to me like clearly he's decided I want to get out the booth and I want to coach again because these people, they're like coaches for lives. Mm. They live for it. And I think he just heard that the Browns weren't interested. So he went, well, what's the next option that I'd like? Mad that he took this one though, still. I just can't get my head around it. I think he's just like, where's the warm weather? Yeah, I'm, maybe. I'm, I'm I mean, they finished. Where's the warm weather? They finished bottom of the NFC South for seven of the last eight seasons. That's crazy. That's what happens when you don't have a quarterback. It's true. Um, Honestly, I mean, I haven't been in the playoffs since two thousand and seven. Is this a legacy thing for him? I don't know. I do. If this ends, so like Super Bowls are legacy things to yeah. me, and I'm not sure he can get the books for a Super Bowl in well, four years. And so. I'm not sure Winston can win a Super Bowl. I, thought, I think Winston, I would move on from Winston tomorrow. Yeah. As uh, I say, you're wasting your first year of four. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why he'd take it, but I think I've got a feeling that if he only lasts like a year or two years and doesn't do nothing, we'll forget he was there. Yeah. We'll remember the great Cardinals teams. Yeah. And, 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 and I we'll remember I, the offensive coordinator. I, I think we'll completely forget he was ever the head no, coach. The, yeah, it's literally you go... He took that job. It was an incredibly difficult job. 99% of people would have failed in that, and he had Winston thrown on him. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. He was fine. Yeah. I guess he still lives. Okay, uh, let's move on to the last one. Uh, Arizona Cardinals have hired a Cliff Kingsbury from Texas Tech, do you know? Yeah, the guy who took an offensive coordinator job at Southern California like a week ago, and then realised that the NFL jobs would come calling, quit, and then took that. Sounds me. It reminds me of a certain offensive coordinator at the Patriots. Well, that was one of the rumors. It was rumored that if Josh McDaniels left, we were going to hire him. I didn't believe it at all, but it was a rumor. Um, I think it's because of his work with young quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen a list of the people he's worked with. Baker, well, Baker Mayfield for a year, but Patrick Mahomes, Case Keenan, um, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Baker Manziel, Mayfield. Yeah, and he had success with those quarterbacks in college. In college, bringing them through, but his record wasn't great. He wasn't didn't have a great head coaching record, and that's why he eventually lost his job. But again, it's this let's hire the, what we feel is a QB whisperer because that's the common theme here. Bruce Arians has been known as a QB whisperer. They think Matt Lafleur might be a QB whisperer. They think he might be a QB whisperer. Let's this time it's let's pair him with Josh Rosen, our young QB, and let's see what he can do. Yeah, and that, you know what? When when you think of it from the Rosen style. Excuse me, from the Rosen point of view, I can understand it, but it's just, it's so difficult to go from coaching college 
to the NFL, isn't it? I mean, there, there, obviously there have been multiple is, uh, multiple multiple coaches who've done it incredibly well, but in this league right now, even though it is going more college offense, I just I just feel like, and I don't watch a lot of college football. The messaging that when you're speaking to your team is completely different. And if there's if there's a breakdown, that's where it's going to be. It's not going to be because you're not you're a bad play caller. It's not going to be because you're not a you you're not a quarterback whisperer. It's because you don't know how to speak to a team of men. And the coaches that do get there and do make success out of themselves are the ones that do. And when you're teaming a young guy up with that, I'm I'm just not sure. I I just find it. I think it's I think it's an extra obstacle to overcome yeah i think so when you're in the college game it's it's a team and everyone's got the same focus and the same mindset when you're the nfl it's a business and you're talking to adults so they when you're when you're a college coach all those kids look up to you but when you're in the nfl team all those players have to look out for themselves and that's what i was talking about stab pattern before you need to pad your stats so you get paid yeah you have to be selfish because that's how you make the money in the NFL. Otherwise, you're in the league for four years and you're gone. And three of those years you spent getting caught and waved and for just rolling around all the teams. So I think that dynamic, and then you ha- again, you have to speak to the players like the adults. They won't accept you being like, it's my way, this is how it is. Unless you've got success. Unless you, you've proven winner. And then the people who don't like that, I every now and then, you keep hearing people moan about um, Bill Belichick and the Patriots and how the Patriots' way is terrible and it's no fun. Well, they've won five Super Bowls. Yeah, I'll, what, I'll, what have you I'll, done? I'll eat that for a couple of years and give it a <laughs> shot. Know, yeah. Thanks very much. What, what have you done? Like that's that's why you always it's always people who add a cup of tea on the Patriots come up and complain about it. And it's like, well, yeah, mate, you you were all interested in yourself, so we got rid of you. That's it's hard unless you got that cachet of winning a couple of Super Bowls, then it's hard. So then you have to have something so that the players believe in you. And it's also about what defensive coordinator, what offensive yeah. coordinator. It's it's everything. That that was the thing that stood out to me when McVeigh did take the job. Way Phillips. Yeah. And there, there's a guy who has as a as a good young offensive mind has just gone, you know more than me. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Wade Phillips knows more than anybody as a defensive coordinator that's probably ever coached. Never mind just in the NFL. You know, the guy's probably the best defensive coordinator of all time. And Sean McVay's gone, go ahead, run me deep for me. Thanks very much, mate. I'll just worry about this over here. Literally, that first season was sat down, writing notes, not even looking at the game because he trusted his defensive coordinator. That's what you've got to have. And did, did the others have that? I'm not sure. I think that's the big thing for the Packers. Who they pick is, I think, for LaFleur, who he gets as his defensive coordinator. Now, the rumours are he's going to keep Mike Pettin. He's had some head coaching experience, so then to bounce ideas off him makes sense. That's what he's there for. You can bounce ideas and see how see how you th- things should be done. What what isn't what doesn't make sense if you come in and just go hire all new young guys and all go in together as rookies. That's not gonna work out. You need the veteran, if even if he is an offensive or defensive coordinator, to help you run your team and help you deal with the things that you're just not used to having. You're not used to holdouts in college. Mm. That's a thing in the NFL because people need to get paid. You're not used to the, the, I think, as much bitching and moaning. Like, look what happens on the Steelers every year or every mm, week or mm, every mm. day. However, not much it happens. Six times a day. 
yeah, I mean, they've been quiet for two days now, so I can only think someone's about to be arrested by them. <laughs> so, <laughs> before we wrap it up then, what do you think's going to happen at the Steelers? I think they've got straight Brown away. From what I... And who takes him? I think anyone. I think absolutely anyone would take him. Do you think you'd take him? We'd absolutely take him. They wouldn't Do you think you'd pay him? They they wouldn't trade him to the Patriots. No. No, no chance. My, no chance would they do that. I think they'll try and trade him to the NFC, so it'll be, I think, San Francisco's where he'll end up. But yeah, when, when it's starting to, apparently it was going to get physical between him and Ben. That's how much they hated each other. Then, you know, it's it's on. It's mad, isn't it? What, what is he now? Is, he, is Antonio Brown like 31? Yeah. Something like that. And Big Ben's it's, it's, been talking of retiring. I'm not... I'm, I'm not sure they're making the right decision here. Well, 31-year-old wide receivers are older in the NFL than a 37-year-old quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger is an old 37, though, if you take me meaning, like... And, he's, yeah. and he literally spoke about retiring two years ago. Now, he's still good, don't get me wrong, and he, he can still win you at a Super Bowl, I think. Um, and I think I think the, the reason that they've chosen that is Smith-Schuster. I think he's yeah. absolutely they, elite. And, and and because they've got that depth there, they're, they're okay to probably they, go rid of Brown. They've got rid of raw receivers all the time. They got rid of Santonio Holmes. They got rid of Mike Wallace. They got rid of Emmanuel Sanders. They're okay. Whereas teams like the Patriots and the Ravens, we can't pick wide receivers to save our lives. The Steelers can. Steelers pick excellent wide receivers. Their scouting department's brilliant at it. They can replace that. It's hard to replace a quarterback. Yeah, yeah you know. You and if you don't have a quarterback, as as we said in the league often, you don't have one. You're lost. Look at the books. You've not been. The, not been in the playoffs for ten years. No. Yeah, you've changed your mind. Okay, well, there we go. Um, that's been covered to TV for this week. Looking back at the wild card weekend. Looking forwards at the divisional place. But you know that, because you've sat through an hour of us talking. Um, thank you very much to Jeno for joining me once again this week. Much love to Steve, who wasn't with us, and thank you very much for watching. If you're watching uh, on YouTube, please drop a like on the video. Subscribe to Cover 2 TV if you don't mind. If you're listening to this on, I don't know, iTunes or whatever, give us a five-star review. Let us know what you thought. Even if you don't think so. Yeah, tweet us at Cover 2 TV what you thought of the show, whether you agree, disagree, whatever. And if you're watching, in the comment section below. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.